Hey everybody, thanks for tuning into the podcast. On this episode, we have Heather. I was interested in talking to Heather because she is very involved in the movement for sensible gun legislation. So we had a really interesting conversation about that. And then we talked about unsafe produce handling at farm stands. Kind of to lighten up the mood a bit at the end of the conversation. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sawtooth Demands Clean Produce a non-profit organization dedicated to the sanitary handling of fruits and vegetables. Because what's worse than contracting E. coli or cryptosporium or some other horrible infectious disease because some inconsiderate person handled your produce with their unclean hands. So, please look up Sawtooth Demands Clean Produce on the internet and consider donating. And without further ado, I give you the podcast. Soft Serve Podcast. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Alright, I think we're good. So, um, I want to welcome my guest, Heather, to the Soft Serve Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. And I wanted to talk to you because you're somebody that I am in touch with on a regular basis and who I follow online. And one of the things I have admired about you is your involvement and activism around the gun violence issue that is kind of plaguing us here Mm -hmm. um, in the United States. So um, I think first I wanted to say, you know, aside from expressing my general admiration for, for all that you do, um, you know, kind of thank you because I think it takes involved citizens to make a difference. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, but truly anyone could get involved um, as little or as much as they want to. And it will take all of us to make real change. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, specifically um, some of the organizations that you're involved with? And I know you're not here representing them, but so I want you to say as little or as much as you're comfortable with. Yeah, totally. I can just speak to my own experience. Um, I'm involved with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America 
and that is kind of the grassroots legislative arm of Every Town for Gun Safety, which is an organization um, a lot of people are aware of. And uh, Moms Demand Action is compromised of different chapters, and we have one in every state. And it was founded in 2012 by a stay-at-home mom. And it's quickly become the largest grassroots um, anti-gun violence organization. Yeah, and I was looking on their website, um, kind of trying to prepare for our conversation. And one of the things that really stood out to me was that um, Moms Demand Action is not anti-Second Amendment. Exactly. Yep, we're just pro-common sense gun legislation. Yep, and that's one and of we the, have we have many gun owners as members. Yeah, and that's one and I think that's one of the things that um people who uh, I'll just I'll describe not you or mom's demand action, but I'll describe as being kind of um rabidly pro second amendment say about any organization that is advocating for any kind of gun control that they're Exactly. Yep. They're anti-Second Amendment. So I was, um, you know, and I think, I think my own expectation without knowing anything about what moms did was that, you know, maybe that was true. So I was like, really surprised when I saw that um, on the website. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally one of mom's, you know, main tenets is that we're not, we, not we, they are not anti-Second Amendment. Um, and it, it really is helpful in having a conversation. And so many times in my own experiences and in, you know, friends in the organization and their experiences, people like you hear that and they're really surprised. And especially people who are either NRA members or gun owners, when they hear that, it immediately opens up the door to conversation and you quickly find that you both, you know, you have common ground. Yeah, and and I could imagine that it could even be a um, disarming moment for somebody who is um, really pro-gun and thinks that um, an organization is anti-Second Amendment. If you can just open up by saying, "Well, no, we're not. We actually support. Totally. We support your. Yeah, right we're not coming for your guns, right? Yeah. We. The main thing is that Moms Demand Action and Every Town want to keep guns out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them. That's it. Full stop. Yeah. <clears throat> and I th- and um, yeah, background checks, uh, domestic violence, or domestic abusers should not have guns. Um, we focus on gun safety with our Be Smart for Kids program. Uh, just basic things that most people can agree on and get behind. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you brought up um, gun violence just in general, um, because I think when most people think about gun violence, they think about the um, admittedly horrific high-profile media events like mm-hmm. Sandy Hook, um, Aurora, Las Vegas, yep. Jacksonville. Um, but they don't, I think most people don't quite understand the scope of just everyday gun violence in the United States? Yes, yes, absolutely. And the trauma that goes along with it for families and communities and just the reach of it. I think of it as like every time I see, you know, I do the social media for our Massachusetts chapter of Moms Demand Action. And so I get Google alerts about shootings in Massachusetts. And every time I see one, I just picture like 
I think of the one isolated incident and then I just picture like waves going out into the community, you know, like it's, it's unbelievable to think about the number of people that have been touched by gun violence. And like you said, even these single incidents are having huge, huge repercussions in our communities. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I found pretty striking um, were some of the statistics um, that I've been reading on um, gun violence. Uh, 96 Americans a day are killed with guns. Um, And even hundreds more are shot and injured. Yes. Yep. That's, that's pretty staggering. And some of the other, some of the other um, statistics that I were reading is that majority of gun deaths um, are by are um, by suicide. Mm-hmm. That's almost twice the number that are um, killed by um, homicide. Um, and then um, <clears throat> I was also reading that I think the majority of um, of gun assaults and murders are against women and um, um, minorities. Yes. So, yep. like for for me, this is it, it. You can almost you almost have to see gun violence kind of through this lens of um, it, it really is a public health issue, a mental health yes. issue, an issue about. Um, um, misogyny in some ways Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. racism yep i mean and i don't know i don't i don't i don't know if it's helpful to look at it that way but in in terms of polarizing the other side (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) you know because um i think if you tell somebody who is um rabidly pro-gun well, if you look at the statistics and what we have here is really an issue about um, men killing women or, um, you know, um, um, minorities being murdered and harmed by guns, I, I think that <clears throat> that might not be received well by those people. Right. No, I, abs- I absolutely agree with you. But, Unfortunately, yeah. So, <laughs> yep. So for me, but I think it does. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, no you go. Uh, I was just going to say that I think in conversations with like-minded people who maybe aren't involved but could or should be, that that is helpful to frame it that way. But as you said, maybe not with the rapidly pro-gun folks. Yeah. Um. I just, it's, um, it's so hard, boy, it's just so hard to wrap my head around the scope of this as I look at this. Um, Mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, go ahead. There are some, the statistics that really stood out for me, um, and you mentioned 96 Americans killed each day. And that of course is staggering. As you said, uh, the ones that really spoke to me are that, and as you touched on this, that 50, 50 American women are killed by a partner or former partner in the U.S. each month. I mean, I don't, I just can't imagine that we've let 
that we're just letting this continue where 50 million, 50 women are shot and killed each month. That's disgusting. Yeah, it sure is. And um, I think part of this too, I wonder, um, I was reading on the same website that um, it's about easy access to weapons. Yes. yes. So, and I wonder how much, um, like I said before, it's like a mental health issue, right? So these people who may not have the skills to negotiate how to um, have a constructive disagreement. I won't even say these people. I'll just say men because this is a problem of men killing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, So um, these men who grow up in these environments of um, that encourage kind of toxic masculinity get get into an argument with a – a female partner and you know they have a gun sitting there unsecured in a in a drawer and it becomes very easy to just grab that and um unfortunately you know murder or um maim the female partner in the in the heat of of an argument um absolutely and so there's like the issue so there's the issue of i think easy access to the weapons that um, results in this horrific um, statistic that you mentioned of 50 women a month being, was it murdered or assaulted? I believe it's mm-hmm. murdered, but yes. I, I always, I always, always have to double check because it's so shocking to me. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that it is shot and killed, yeah. but I can double check. And, yes. and as you said, the easy access, um, when there's a gun present in a domestic violence situation, women are five times more likely to be killed. That's and just, that's, you know, yeah. That's just crazy. Um, yep. And, and, then, and also, I mean, the, you talked about the high profile mass shootings, but the majority of mass shootings, which is four or more people being shot or killed with a gun, they're, they're family related, they're domestic violence related. So as you said, we hear about these huge, you know, they're all everything. Like you said, every single gun violence event is horrific. But the ones that get attention are, of course, the the, the larger ones, and they just keep getting larger. But uh, every day, all day, there, there are mass shootings happening. They're just within families by, as you said, abusers who have easy access to firearms. Yeah. And, <sighs> uh, and I don't, yeah, I'm not even going to pretend I know what the solution to that is, right? Because you can pass any kind of legislation saying, you know, your gun must be locked up in a safe. It must have a trigger lock, you know, all of those steps, all those steps that are supposed to be followed to help, I think, prevent um, people from um, in the heat of the moment, you know, just picking up a, a gun and shooting somebody or preventing right. or preventing the weapons from being stolen. But, mm-hmm. um, but in, in I, I just ways, wanted to confirm, Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I just wanted ahead. to confirm that it is indeed 50 women shot and killed each month. Yeah. yeah. God, that's so heartbreaking. Um, it is. Yes. And you know um, what I was going to say about that before is, you know, ease of access is definitely, um, I think a precipitating factor there, but there's also this, um, and I don't know, I, I described it as toxic masculinity before. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
I think in gen, and yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. It, it, like the guns just make it so easy for, um, for men who may think that way or were raised that way to just kind of like, um, I, I'm just, I don't know. The statistic is, the, 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 I didn't know that statistic and it just has me spun for a loop. Right. I, I, that's why I said I, I feel the same and I can't even tell you how many times I've shared that statistic or, you know, spouted that statistic. And every single time I'm like, that can't be right. Wait, I just need to, I don't even trust myself. I'm like, maybe I, maybe I'm wrong. Let me double check. And every time I'm not joking, this happens every time. And I'm always correct. And then I'm shocked again. Yeah. And I think where I was yeah, going, yeah. And I think go where ahead. I was, yeah, I think where I was going to go with that is, um, I think we have a problem in this country with men in particular, mm-hmm. um, being taught how to, um, acknowledge and process and deal with their feelings. Right. Um, yes, absolutely. And, and, you know, specifically, you know, around this idea of what it means to be masculine or what it means mm-hmm. to be a man. And then, um, you know, these, these in the hands of, of, of so many men who um, <clears throat> are insecure or, in 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 their own masculinity or no it's not even what i'm trying to say not insecure in their own masculinity but who have um unhealthy ideas about masculinity or yes um don't see women as you know being equal partners um mm-hmm. g- guns just make are just like a lethal extension of that problem of toxic masculinity totally Um, i um i another so i'm not meaning to just throw statistics at you but this also speaks to that problem of men who are using firearms to control women or as you said as an extension of their their masculinity um 4.5 million american women alive today have been threatened with a gun by a partner i mean 4.5 million that's that's also shocking. And as you said, it's just a, another means of control or another means of showing their masculinity. And um, you're right. It's a problem that we need to start addressing with boys, with young, young boys. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree a hundred percent. Like, um, so <laughs> I will, um, I'm not going to delve too deeply into the, the, the real world of Sawtooth Frank here, but um <laughs> Um, I recently on Facebook posted a picture of myself in a, um, in a, as a, I don't know, I must've been six or seven years old wearing um, what can be best described as like a strawberry shortcake. Yes. Type of dress. Um, One of my favorite pictures. Of you. Thank you. One of my favorite Sawtooth Frank pictures of all time. Thank you. Um, and you know, um, you know, I, the the reactions were um, 
generally positive. <laughs> yes. Lots of smiling faces and thumbs up. Yes. Um, but the, you know, there were some comments like that. I posted that picture in the past and um, it disturbed some people in a sense. Really? Yeah. And, uh, and they asked me why I would post a picture of myself wearing a dress as a six-year-old. Um, and, you know, for me, you know, I think um, I'm not particularly threatened by that um, or right. I don't care if anybody sees it. But I was actually a little surprised the first time I posted it at the reaction specifically from men. That I was somehow, yes. yeah, that I was somehow undermining my own, um, <sighs> my own masculinity. I just thought that was interesting. Um, interesting and, that, and sad. Yes. Yeah. Interesting and sad. And I think that's part of the problem. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think uh, one, you know, so you mentioned, the, um, you mentioned the statistic about women, um, being threatened by guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder how much of this too is a hidden problem because yes. Oh um, yes. I was involved in this, um, this local kind of training program a while back and we were, um, in teams of like six people and we were all meeting one night, uh, for dinner. And, um, this one particular woman who was in our group, um, was late, um, for the dinner. And this was like, it was during the winter. So it got dark early. And this was not like the first time she had been late for meetings, um, that we had scheduled. And so finally, like the group was like, all right, we've had enough. you know, this is like, you know, the third or fourth time she's been late. We need to mm-hmm. like, test this and talk to her about it. So um, somebody in the group who was much braver than I am, um, so I'm not good at confrontation. Um, Neither am I. <laughs> yeah, um, raised the issue. She said, um, notice this is like the third or fourth time you've been late. You know, um, you know we, f- we don't feel like it's very respectful to the, the group. And she said, okay, I can understand that. But um, there's something I need to tell you. And I wasn't sure how you might react to this. So and she told us this story about how when she was um, a teenager, she was walking home one evening in this particular city we were meeting in. Um, and somebody ran up to her and shot her in the stomach. Oh. Right. And um, took her, mugged her shot her in the stomach and basically like left her for dead. And she's like, I have a really, so she's like, I was late because I've been driving around looking for a parking spot near where we were meeting and they were all taken and I couldn't, she's like, I still can't walk. Um, Now I know that's a different issue than domestic. Right. Right. But I think what I I was going with is like, it was kind of like, it was a hidden thing for us. Yes. Now. Yes. Yep. You know, and the um, kind of the impact that that incident, you know, had on her psychology, even like decades mm-hmm. later. Um, Absolutely. Is, you know, was interesting, but I think the idea that I think there are lots of people who are walking around out there who have been impacted by gun violence that we don't even. Oh, know. Oh, totally. We, I just in my work with moms demand action, uh, numerous times 
I have been volunteering alongside people that I, you know, I consider my friends now. And just recently we were at a meeting and one of my good friends involved in moms just suddenly shared a story about, I believe it was her father or maybe stepfather, but a a close member of her family who shot himself. And I had been doing, you know, gun violence prevention work with her for quite some time. And she said, that's the first time I've ever told anyone about this, really. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's, you know, she was doing this work and still not talking about it. And finally she did. But even within the, that movement, there are people who aren't sharing their story and just living with it, you know, in mm-hmm. shame or secrecy. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, it's it's, in, um, it's really powerful. And, and every town for gun safety has the every town survivor network. And we work really closely with them. And the people that I've met and the stories that I've heard, I mean, there's there's no way to hear their stories and not feel compelled to get involved. You know? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, um, I think it'll be three years ago this December. Um, we were coming back um, one um, Sunday morning from taking the kids to their um, their religious school. And, um, we noticed across the street, there were all sorts of ambulances and police cars. And, and I walked over there and it turns out the, the man who lived across the street went and went into his shed and blew his head off. (gasps) Oh my goodness. Just like that. No, no no warning, no anything. You know, my kids are wondering what's going on over there. And wow. you know, I had been waiting to see something in the paper, you know, about right, right. a suicide and it never showed up. And I have this um, friend who's a psychologist and I was like talking to him about this. He's, and he said to me, he said, oh yeah, yeah. They never print those things in the paper because they're worried about copycats. Oh. Right. And I said, what do you mean? Um, and he said, well, he said there, um, and this, this person, he, um, he studies suicide. Um, and he said, there is always a spike in suicides whenever there's one reported in the paper. Oh, wow. Right. But then, wow. then I started like thinking to myself, well, if we don't get this issue out there and we could talk about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. health and gun violence like how are we ever gonna solve the problem yes if we don't know about it right yes i have a story that goes kind of along with that i'm in grad school and i was in a class called human development and learning and uh i'm in school for education so it was mainly based on children and teenagers development and we had a whole class discussion about the rise in suicide in our country. And the professor was saying, well, what do you think? What do you think the cause of all of this is? I think maybe 10 or 11 people listed all of these causes that they thought was causing the increase and not one person mentioned guns. And I raised my hand and I said, how about easy access to firearms? And she was like, oh, yeah, yep. And kind of brushed it off and just kept on going. And, And that is the crux of the issue. When, when people attempt suicide with a firearm, 90% of the time they're successful. But when people attempt suicide without a gun and they're not successful, 90% don't try again. 
So clearly firearms are a major, major part of this issue, but no one, as you said, wants to talk about it. Yeah, and that that's such an interesting point because I think um obviously let's I mean let's take let's take um let's take something like terminal illness out of the equation, right? Um, right, right, totally. I think, yes. I think the majority of people um who attempt suicide are probably depressed or have some kind of um other mental illness that might be clouding their judgment. And like you said, mm-hmm. Um, only only four percent of people survive an attempted suicide with a gun. Yes, I think it's about that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, um, right. You know, like I think other um, people I have talked to who have attempted suicide by other means. Um, I know a couple. One of the things they always tell me is, "I don't know what I was thinking, or I really regret yes, having same. done that." Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, with, with, with guns, there's, there's no, you know, no second chances for, right, a, right. for a lot of the time. Um, it's so, and, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what to, like I said before, like when you hear the statistics, like they throw me for a loop and I say like, mm-hmm. what can we do about it? Because, you know, gun ownership and the idea of, Gun somehow being um, essential to the fabric of our nation and who we are as a people, I think, pose like a major impediment to enacting sensible legislation. Right. You know, and like one of the things, one of the things we hear all the time from people is that, um, you know, we, we, and I know, I know moms and I know you aren't suggesting we get rid of guns, but one of the things I hear all the time is, you know, um, you know, they want to take our guns. We're not going to let right, them. Absolutely. You know, and, and we need our guns in case the government comes after us. And like, mm-hmm. I've, I've had a few conversations with some of these people and I try to like explain to them, do you understand that even, even your best assault rifle and certainly not your, your, and certainly your pistols are going to be useless against a government that has <laughs> right. a tactic, tactical <laughs> nuclear weapons. Right, right. I mean, it's not funny, but you're right. Yeah, it's I'm, sort of funny that they think that a gun will protect them against that. Yeah, and um, <sighs> and so, so in in some ways, you know, I think. Um. I, I, yeah, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do about that because people think gun ownership is so, um, it's so um, critical to being an American. Or, or right. Um. Yeah. Well, I think that's why every town and moms have had so many legislative successes because they they work. You know, they're both. It's a bipartisan organization, and as we've mentioned, you know, we support the second amendment, but believe in common sense legislation. So there are things that can be done. Like for example, with suicide, we just recently in Massachusetts had a victory. Um, We got an extreme risk protection order passed. And that means that family can petition a court or judge to have a firearm taken away if they believe that the person is an immediate threat to themselves or others. 
And, okay. and that has been shown, a study has shown that that makes a big difference. I believe it was in Connecticut, the rate of suicide dropped when they got ERPO, that's what it's called, um, when they got ERPOs put in place. So, so there are things that can be done, and of course they won't solve every issue, but, but they will solve some, and that's you know, worth fighting for. Yeah, and um, I, think, I think legislation, especially um, like the kind you just mentioned where um, you know, family members who, who might know somebody at risk better than anybody else can take measures to um, intervene and, you know, save a life for somebody who right. is depressed. Yeah, um, they're often the first ones to see the signs. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm still hung up on this idea about the, the culture and the culture around gun ownership. I know, no, oh, absolutely. And, you know, I do think, and, and I agree, I feel overwhelmed when I think yeah. about America's gun-loving culture. Absolutely. And I will say as, a, as an individual, I don't like guns. I don't own a gun. I don't want to own a gun. Yeah. I don't want to be around someone who has a gun out in the open. But, but I do understand that it's in, you know, it's a, an American right <laughs> to have a firearm. Yeah. And I believe the way to make change is to understand that and say, okay, I get that. Let's work together. But um, I do, I, I get overwhelmed by the, the gun loving culture. And I think that where being in a blue state, we're often, shielded by how extreme it is in other parts and i see friends of mine on facebook sharing pictures of you know going to the movies and there's a guy with a you know a high capacity gun on his back for some reason you know just just weeks ago i saw that it's it's overwhelming but but there's hope and i really really do think the tide is turning I hope so. I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're on the ground, right? And you're, you're able to see some of these legislative accomplishments. Right. And like, there are lots of them. I'm, I'm yeah. not being hyperbolic. There really are that we've had so well, moms has had so many legislative victories in the past since five years, since the inception of the group. And it's just, it's amazing. It really does. It gives me hope. And also major companies just last week or this week, even Levi's, um, the CEO of Levi's, you know, said that he wants to work to fight gun violence and major companies are stepping up and saying, this isn't okay. Gun violence is a problem and we need to talk about it and address it. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's a great step, but then we have, um, you know, we have this um, man who is masquerading as our <sighs> president of the United States who you know, uses the issue of the second amendment as, um, as a way to uh, gin up his base and drive a wedge between, you know, just people who have more conservative values and then those who on the, um, might be characterized as being on the left. Like, and sorry, I hate to keep using Facebook as an example of, um, of, of, what's going on out there. Um, but there was some discussion I was involved in around, um, I think impeaching Trump, right. On a kind of a local community forum. And one of the people said to me, um, that's all well and good. But if you, um, if you libtards try to impeach the president, don't you realize there are, (laughs) 
um, millions and millions of us out there with guns and we have you know hundreds of millions of rounds of ammunition good luck and i just wrote back to the guys like did you just threaten to kill me exactly um, because i think the president should be impeached now obviously he didn't he didn't reply um <sighs> but um i just it worries me you know it it worries me now that um this idea that that's enshrined in the constitution that we're you know we're allowed to have guns mm-hmm. um, and to use them to and, rise up so to speak yeah, you know yeah right. um that we're now that we have a president um of the united states who is in a roundabout way um encouraging Mm-hmm. His his supporters um, to at least think about using those guns under the guise of them being um, under uh, suggesting somehow that the Constitution says that um, his supporters can use guns to defend him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's frightening to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then, of course. Um, you know, the people who, who manufacture these things and the lobbyists pouring money, um, into politicians, um, to keep this industry going. Cause what is it? Billion dollar, trillion dollar industry. Who knows? Probably oh, it is wild. Who, yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know how any, I don't know how any of those people sleep at night. Um, I don't either. I get real worked up when I think about them just living their lives and not having any consequence for what they are yeah. allowing to happen. And they're beholden to the NRA. It's, it is completely craven. Yeah. And, you know, um, old sawtooth here is somebody who um, <laughs> I've been trained, you know, I've been, I've been trained in the use of um, most types of guns, you know, right. grenade launchers, um, those types of things. And, um, um, you know, I see them, I, I, I see them as for what they are. They're, they're instruments of death. They are, mm-hmm. they are tools designed to kill things, you know, people or animals. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, I don't believe people should, should have easy access to them, um, at all, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think for me too, like one of the um, um, one of the one of the one of the groups of people who are like um, unfortunate, um, unfortunately negatively impacted by this are people like um, you know this goes into a completely different issue, but um, people who might you know want to use um, want to use firearms for. Um, you know, sport shooting or, mm-hmm. um, you know, other activities, but, um, um, but I think so many people who own guns are just attracted by the idea of having a gun and they don't have them for a s- specific reason or they have them, um, or, you know, because they think they're, they're sexy or they, bolster this idea of their own masculinity um totally yeah or they think having a gun in the home is going to protect them from a home invasion 
Mm-hmm. Like, to that point, I don't know what these people are thinking. Like, I don't either. When I'm it's woken patently up, false. When I'm woken up from sleep, I can't even talk. I can't even put on right. my glasses. I can't even. Right. I can't even get out of bed without falling over or tripping yep. on a cat. Like, I can't. Right. I I, I can't imagine that. Um, you know, the, the, the home defense idea doesn't hold up for me because in most states there are laws about having weapons secured. So if somebody breaks yes. into home, you know, you know, you're not going to be able to unlock it or access it in time probably. So. Right. Or, or if, if, and just speaking, if, if there happen to be gun owners listening who have guns for that reason, I mean, they make amazing safes now that are biometric. Is that, that's what it's called, right? When you use your fingerprint? Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, if, if you truly believe you need that next to your bed, you could have one of those safes and just quickly, you know, I don't know if you'll have enough time, but put your finger there and it's much quicker than, you know, a combination lock, but you can safely store a weapon if that's what you think you need for safety, even though statistics show that you're less safe having a gun in the house. But, yeah, well, that's interesting. I didn't know yeah. they had biometric safes. That's pretty cool. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah. So there are ways to mm-hmm. quickly open a safe. Um, yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's a. It's. It's a complicated. Um, it's a complicated social problem. Um, it sure is. But I think. I think, like you said before, um, there are things if you feel like you want to get involved that you that you can do um and i just i was kind of curious um i think you may have already said this but i'll ask it again like what was kind of the moment that you decided you wanted to take action and do something and yeah get it, with the group um it actually i i didn't say it but i was actually just thinking about it when i mentioned survivor stories so i mean like most people or many people i know that got involved um Sandy Hook was, you know, a defining moment where they realized, wow, this is a huge problem, which is, I mean, it was a horrible event, obviously, but it's been going on for longer than that. So I feel embarrassed even saying that that was when it really came to my attention, but it is. Um, But so Sandy Hook happened and it really opened my eyes to the pure terror that guns are inflicting on our society. And embarrassingly, it made me realize like, wow, I'm not safe. I thought I was safe. You know, I live here in a blue state. I don't have guns. I don't know people have guns. I'm safe, but I'm not. None of us are. And that's the truth of it. But anyway, um, maybe two years or three years after Sandy Hook, my mom and I decided to go to Boston Common to um, a march to end gun violence that Moms Demand Action puts on annually. And a little boy spoke. He was maybe 10 years old and his brother had been killed in Roxbury, shot and killed. Yes. And he was crying and talking about how we need to get guns off the streets. And I just stood there listening to him and literally just tears streaming down my face. Mm -hmm. And here's this child, 10 years old, speaking to a group of, you know, hundreds of people and begging for people to get involved. And I could not walk away from that and be like, oh, that was really sad. Mm -hmm. And that was it, you know? So that was the moment where I said, this is it. I have to get involved. I can't keep complaining about this. This is pathetic. Oh, I have goosebumps. And I went to a meeting. Yeah. And, and that was it. So that's what I was going to ask you. I think we all, I think 
often get that feeling like I want to be involved. I want to do something. And I think you just said it. Like, what was the very first the concrete action you took to get involved? Was it going to that meeting? Yeah, going to, well, going to the rally, really. Um, because we need, people need to just show up. That's the yeah. thing. Just show up. Show that there are more of us <laughs> that believe in common sense gun legislation than don't. Um, so that would be the first like official action in the eyes of an organization like Moms Demand Action. But to get involved, I got a call from someone. I had signed up. I got a call and she invited me to a meeting at her house. And I went and next <laughs> next thing I knew, I was, you know, doing the thing and <laughs> feeling mm-hmm. good about it. So okay. It's, um, it's been real. It's really changed my life. I mean, I've met amazing people, but also I just feel like, and I hate, I feel like I'm saying this and I think like, Oh, listen to her talking about how great she is. And it's not that at all because I don't do nearly as much as many, many people I know, but I feel like I can't look at my daughters. I have two daughters and I can't look at them while they're sleeping and do nothing, you know, and I can't see. And that's the thing, even though chances are my daughters god willing will be safe there are many 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 children out there who are not safe and it's my responsibility i think as a human yeah. to to work for safety for all children not just my own yeah oh that's so that's yeah fantastic. yeah um so um what do you know if i know going to meetings and, and you know you mentioned you volunteer and kind of do the uh, social media for um moms demand action for i think the state of massachusetts or yep yep yeah there are so oh my gosh yeah. there's a like, chapter in every state what are some other things um that people might be able to do um so some to, pe- we have yeah. tons of volunteers who don't have an official role they're volunteers yeah. And they do whatever they can. They write postcards, they write letters, they make phone calls. We have this really cool thing called the Gun Sense Action Network. And you can do it from your home. And you um, make calls to voters in other states. People can uh, also get. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, they make calls to voters in other states who, um, when we're trying to get a gun sense, that's what we call gun sense, candidate elected or if there's legislation. So that's a great way to get involved on your own time. Uh, there's community outreach. Uh, they, we have a great program called Be Smart for Kids, and it's like aimed at safe storage, but the onus is on the adult to keep the kid away from the gun, not the other way around. Um, and you can be a presenter for that. Oh, goodness, there's so many ways. And it's as much or as little time commitment as you're able to make. Yeah, and it can also um, make podcasts that nobody listens to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no but but i mean part of that was part of that was a segue into like i think people also just need to talk about this issue. yes yes absolutely right and because absolutely yes i mean but talk about it in a consistent um and persistent way not just every time a horrible event happens Mm um like i i um, I had been wanting to talk to you for a while, but I began to feel some like more urgency around it after the, the last um, shooting in Jacksonville. Um, right. I to think to myself, well, I mean, why, why is it now? You know, because it's, because it's in our minds in the media, like mm-hmm. you know, this, this conversation should and could happen at any time. And I think, um, 
you know, we, we, I think we all have to be um, deliberate about these, any issue we care about kind of keeping it um, alive in our minds and looking yes. for opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Looking for opportunities to have dialogue with people because I think the cycle, the media cycle around gun violence is just as disgusting to me as gun mm-hmm. itself. You know, like, you know, as soon as there's, as soon as there's a shooting, Anderson Cooper is going to be there, you know, and yes, they're going yes. to be talking about it on CNN for two days and then it's going to peter out and they're, yep. everyone's going to say, you know, everyone's going to say this, this is the one that's going to change our minds, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, um, it never does kind of on the, the big level, I don't think, you know, at, um, at the U.S. government level. But um, then people get discouraged and they don't realize that there's all of this wonderful stuff happening. at the more Exactly. I think that's key. Yep. Yeah. To realize so. all of these things are going on that you're not hearing about and all of these all of this legislation is either being stopped, so bad gun laws are being stopped on the regular, or excellent gun laws are being passed on the regular and we don't hear about it. Yeah. But so it's important to get involved and it keeps it keeps it going. Like you said, it keeps the dialogue going, it keeps it in your mind. Um, and you feel like I am I am doing something. You know, I'm yeah. I'm walking the walk. Yeah. And it, it feels good. Yeah. Well, I for one, um, want to thank you for all that you're doing um in this area and i i really i really do admire you and 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 am i can't say and am and am very <laughs> impressed um well uh, so, you i appreciate that but like i said i really don't i could do more <laughs> i mean we but every you know we and, all do what we can and that so um I want to transition. I had another topic I needed to talk to you about. Oh, um, yes. That, that, that was a very in, intense topic. This one is not so intense. Um, Good. I'm here for it. I'm ready. For, well, um, it, it feels intense to me. So, and um, <laughs> I, um, I, I understand, um, I don't want to give away too much um, about your um, personal life, but I understand you... Um, um, spend a lot of time um, growing up and still do spend a lot of time um, around farms and farms. Yes, I'm on one right now, actually. Oh, exciting. <laughs> uh, so I set the scene. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I, um, I belong to a local um, CSA. Are you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So that, um, for, for the listeners who don't know what a CSA is, that stands for Community Sustained Agriculture. So um, the lovely Stomping Jen and I belong to um, a, a farm, so to speak. It's a farm. They grow things there. They sell them. Um, and they have farm. a farm. Yep. They have a farm stand. Um, and every week we go um, to this place and pick out our vegetables. And... Um, we also get fruit and eggs and the vegetables, you kind of go around to different stations and they're in these giant like buckets and you pick out what you want. Um, now when I go there, because um, I'm conscientious and not an asshole, um, I put um, like when I go to reach into a vat of lettuce or I reach into the bucket of carrots or whatever, I put a plastic bag on my hand because I feel like I don't want to fondle everybody else's food. 
Okay. Um, That's fair. Yep. There's this one guy, um, whenever I'm at the farm, somehow he always gets there before me. Um, And I watch him. He goes up to a bin and we'll just like, we'll look at like pick tomatoes, for example. He goes up to the bin and on like visual inspection, they all look completely fine. Right. Look at them and say, oh, these are fine. I'll just pick a bunch. Well, this person takes his giant, big, disgusting, sweaty, hairy hands and he begins in like rapidly picking up every tomato, examining it and putting it back down. And he'll like wipe his forehead in between, pick his nose. And like he fondles every single piece of fruit or vegetable before he settles on one, he finds acceptable. I'm like just staring at this guy. Like I'm too much of a coward to say anything. Um, but he's like infecting everybody's food with his disgustingness. What do I do? Can uh, I do anything? Is this a problem? I think <laughs> I think that you're not alone. First of all, mm-hmm. Sawtooth, know that you're not alone. Many <laughs> people you. are with you in their disgust. <laughs> I have to say, I have, last night, in fact, I went to the store to get plums, and plums, they were for my daughters today, so I needed to know if they were ripe. Okay. So I did gently squeeze a couple, (gasps) but (laughs) I don't know. I I guess I assume that everyone washes their fruits and vegetables, but I do think that you need to be respectful. So you... So you never touch fruits or vegetables in public, um, like that you're not purchasing. If Sawtooth is anything, he's not a liar. So what <laughs> I'll say is I have occasionally touched a, like a, a carrot or fruit and put it back. But Right, like, like I did with the plums last night. Yeah, but I try but not to. But this sounds different. Yeah, I try not to aggressively fondle the produce. Oh, me too. Same. Oh my gosh, me yeah. too. And and as you said, they were all the same on visual inspection. So if I, I would not fondle something needlessly. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> if I saw a basket of tomatoes that all looked similar and I just wanted a ripe tomato, I would just grab one. Yeah, There's no I- need to touch them all. Yeah, and I do put um, I do put like plastic bags on my hands a lot of the time. Yes, yep. And yep. I think there's something I think there's something psychological going on because there's like a compulsiveness with which this guy does it. That's gross. That's disturbing. That I, that that disturbs me yeah. greatly. <laughs> but I do also notice other people they do a lot of fondling of the fruits in there. You know, it's true and it really irritates me because it's like, you don't, what are you even looking for? Do you even know what you're looking for? Probably not. No. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. So I have seen over my lifetime, countless people inspecting corn. uh, And I cannot tell you how irritating it is to see someone pull down corn a little and toss mm-hmm, it back, mm-hmm. pull down the next one, toss it back. You look at the corn after they've discarded it. It is beautiful and perfect. It's almost an epidemic of like, I almost want to say, you think you're better than that corn? <laughs> you think that corn is not worth you consuming it? Who do you think you are? That's yeah. what it is to me. Who do you yeah. think you are? <laughs> and they're wasting when corn. I, nobody, yes, you're wasting nobody. corn. <sighs> 
Nobody so with the plums, a, yeah. I touched them because I needed them to be ripe. So right. I gently touched maybe three and bought two, two and of the, the ones that I had touched. And it was a gentle, like, is this ripe or rock hard? Yeah. And with the corn. It wasn't like, yeah. And the corn, that's a severe problem because by yes. husking it, you're vandalizing the corn. Yes. Yes. So I think it's that yeah. guy probably is an egomaniac and he was inspecting for the perfect tomato for his perfect body, for his perfect life that he thinks he has. Oh, what an asshole. Ugh, people, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the farm to post a, um, a, a policy regarding fondling. I think that's fair. I really do. And I have seen those in other farms. Oh, have you? Yes, I have. Mostly around corn and peaches because peaches are so easily bruised. Um, but I think in general, it is a good policy to have. Okay. I'm going to. People uh, are disgusting. I'm going to get involved on the local level. <laughs> I'm going to begin advocating for um, policies about not, with local farms about um, not fondling produce. Um, this is a worthy cause. Yeah. Sawtooth demands clean produce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> will you um will you will you um will you join a phone bank for me as we, we <laughs> Yes, and I will show up to your rally. Educate the public about not fondling <laughs> fruits and vegetables. I'll do your social media. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, Heather. Um, I've kept you for almost an hour. Um, Thank you for having me, truly. That was, that was it's been a pleasure. Yeah, that was educational and fun. Um, totally. So, um, I really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope this wasn't too torturous of an experience. Not at all. The opposite. Okay, and maybe we'll have you back again to talk about some um, some more fondling of um, produce. <laughs> I'm all in. Okay. Um, Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.